This is Wyman and Bob on Seattle Sports, powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Streaming live on the Seattle Sports app and at seattlesports.com. Now, here are your hosts, Dave Wyman and Bob Stelton. It's a beautiful day outside, Dave. Yeah, it's going to be a little lighter. I don't know why. I just feel like it's. I feel like it's earlier than yeah. it should be. It's weird. Like an hour, maybe. I'm going to predict it'll be light out when we leave. How about, How about that? that? Mm-hmm. You, we were talking about that on Friday, knowing that <laughs> the time change was coming up. That it's kind of discouraging in the depths of winter when you go outside at like. And well, you look out the window at like four thirty. Pitch to get black. Coffee and it's black. Yeah. Yeah, okay. it just makes me sleepy. Makes me want to just take a nap. But yeah, good it's sunny weather. outside. It's not. Oh yeah, there's all kinds of good sleeping weather, Dave. Yeah. Don't kid you. By the way, did you watch any of the? Uh, you didn't watch any of the uh, Oscars last night. No. You didn't catch any of that. No. Let's hear it. Did I you? did see a clip for the whale, and I, I yeah. just saw a clip on, and it looks like it's really good. Like a really good acting job by your former teammate. Yeah, my former uh, childhood friend and little league teammate Brendan Fraser. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's moved around a bunch, but he was here for a while. Went to went to my elementary school out there at Ben Rush Elementary. Yeah, and you guys played baseball together. Yeah, he was so, he was the big. Kid. I'll have to take a get a picture of the team picture. My parents still have it hanging up. My, I would love to see that. But he's like the biggest kid on the team, and I was tiny, and he was the the biggest guy there. But he was he was not very cute, good. Cute little Bobby Stelton. <laughs> That's what yeah. I want to see. And big kid Brendan Frazier. Yeah, yeah, he he wasn't a great baseball player, but he was a nice kid. He was always. I'm Very try, nice. I'm trying to remember his first like big one where what was the movie where he's Encino a man? Encino Man. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, his his career as you were talking about kind of took a tailspin. Well, he, right? it was huge for a while. Did the the mummy movies. He was in those. Yeah. Those were huge box office movies. Did school ties and yeah, he was in all kinds of stuff. And then his career just cratered. And I guess he had like a bad divorce and he was basically out of the business for a while and and now he's up there with an Oscar in hand. See, I'd heard all of that. And then when I saw the whale, I thought, I hope that's a suit. <laughs> You're thinking, wow, he let because himself go. He, yeah, maybe because he was so <laughs> bummed out with all those things. Because heard that, you know, there was the spiral. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah that, there was a suit. <laughs> there was a suit involved. Okay, that. good. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. I've heard it's really good. I have not seen it. But uh, I was I was happy for him. And, and I thought Lenny Kravitz was really good. He did the In Memoriam song. You know, they show the... Everybody that's passed away, and he's playing a song oh. as they're showing, you know, the the slideshow there, and he he sounded great. He sounded great, but I I don't know. It was it's always a long show, man. It always goes on forever, and there's a lot of categories that you're going. Okay, I'm not I'm not into the best sound editing or the best cinematography or, you know, just give me give me the best supporting actor, actress, lead actor, actress, best movie, best picture of the year, and I'm good. I got to say that Lenny Kravitz five is maybe one of my favorite. Like it's a great record. If I had to pick top ten CD record, yeah. whatever, I would have to go with that. It's a solid one. It's a solid one. And Kimmel was funny and took some shots at P. I, li- I like when like Ricky Gervais is up there. I like when they've got people up there that'll take shots at people yeah. in the crowd or proceedings and are they showing the people and are they getting bent out of shape or yeah he didn't take shots directly at most there was a lot of references to will smith and the slap oh, okay. from the year before yeah. <laughs> you know making jokes about the new security they've got in place there and mm-hmm. don't worry we don't expect you to do what you did last year which was absolutely nothing talking to the crowd and it was, there were some funny shots out there so it was, it was a good show it was a good show now i have to see that movie though i got to see the the yeah. whale 
and there are movies in there I didn't even know existed. I hadn't even heard of them that were up for Best Picture of the Year. Yeah, that was like Sometimes, Anytime, Never. What was it called? Everything. Well, that Everything, one I've heard yeah. of. Everything, um, Everywhere, All at Once. <laughs> so what you say is Sometimes, Never, All at Once. Sometimes, Something. <laughs> that movie would be one that you would watch that you maybe would- Boz would be in. Yeah, was he have a twin brother with the yeah. English well, accent? The, the less popular version, still probably entertaining, but yeah. yeah. Did well, you watch I, any of it? Did you watch any of the, the uh, Oscars? Oscars? Yeah. yeah, the whole thing. But you oh, know, you like did. on in the background after the start and then the very end. It's Are you just, familiar like, with all the movies that were up for Best Picture? Because uh, I didn't even the one with Woody like Harrelson. Two. I hadn't even heard. Oh, of. I love Triangle of Sadness. I didn't. I hadn't even heard of it. It's dark. It's very funny. Though. It's a comedy. It's like a dark comedy. And then the other one, uh, Tar, is that what it is? Yeah, I have not seen that one. I have not even heard of that one either. So I'm out out of touch, man. The last time I went to the movie theater was to see Bridesmaids. That's a long time ago, Did you not see Top Gun? 2011. Top Gun Maverick? That was nominated. we bought that one at home. Okay. So there, you saw one of them. Along with The Operative, starring Brian Bosworth. (laughs) (laughs) Those two purchased at the same time. those are the two purchases. Oddly enough, that was not up for an award last night, Dave. Well, I mean, it's older. It's an older (laughs) movie. You think it was snubbed. It should have been in the category in the year it was released, but it didn't didn't quite get the attention. When you brought that up to Bos, he was like, yeah, I know I've got some memory issues, but... (laughs) I don't remember that. finish, yeah. He didn't finish. Like, maybe Dave got hit in the head a little bit too much. Oh, so funny. But all right. Meanwhile, lots going on in the world of the NFL. Big moves going on. The one that the one that bothered me the most, not because, well, I would have loved the Seahawks to get this guy. I would have loved it. And he, he would go a long way into solving a lot of their problems on the defensive side of things. But more that he landed with a team that didn't need him. And that would be uh, Javon Hargrave, who signed a... Four-year, $84 million deal with $40 million guaranteed with the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, you know They what, don't though, need him, Dave. Bob, They're being greedy. You, I'll tell you what, though. But you can say they also lost their offensive tackle, Mike McGlinchey, who signed with... The Broncos. He's their right tackle, right? Cause, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he went to the Broncos, so it's kind of kind of evens out. No, I thought the same thing. I'm like, oh, my God, how can they get any better? Yeah, that their, bummed me out. Their three linebackers are super solid. Uh, is it Tufanga, really the the safety that had, yeah. had the picks and sacks, and he's all over the field. They got good corners, you know. And then that D line with Bosa. There's a new guy, Omenahu, who played his tail off against mm-hmm. the Seahawks in the uh, in the playoff game. And yeah, now they they add him. It's like you didn't need him. You didn't need him. They're being greedy, so they pick him up. They signed Sam Darnold, by the way, do a one year deal, uh, which that'll be interesting. That will be very interesting because this last year, sorry to interrupt you, but I, yeah. you know the the coaching thing really has come into to play, and I, you know, I think I've always appreciated coaches, but you know, I think what Pete did with Geno Smith and you know the rookies too, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then what a guy like Kyle Shanahan can do with Brock Purdy. You know, and so somebody was somebody texted in or some kind of a joke about how you got Trey Lance, you're going to have Sam Darnold, who was what the third. Pick They're in both the, draft. the third overall picks, one in 2021, yeah. one in 2018. 2018. Yeah, so they've Sam got Darnold. the two two third overall picks, and then saying something, and presumably they will be eventually backing up the last overall pick in Brock right. Purdy. 
<laughs> so, yeah, it's just very strange. And, and I think Sam Darnold will be interesting to watch there to see if, you know, if uh, Kyle Shanahan can can resurrect his career because it's it's not been good. Well, this is this will go a long way into either solidifying that hey, Brock Purdy's pretty good or he's just a product of great coaching because you could argue Sam Darnold's got him beat in physical attributes. He's a bigger guy. He's got a bigger arm. He's he's naturally more physically gifted. He was third overall pick. Purdy's you know Mister Irrelevant last pick. This is it. I mean, you you if you don't succeed here, talking about talking about Darnold, you're going to be looked at from this point forward. And I think he already kind of is. But for the most part, your the idea of you being a starter over. Mm-hmm. It's over if you can't do it with this talent around you what the what this team has in in the way of talent and coaching yeah. and you saw what they did with a guy who was a rookie who got thrown he didn't even have training camp to get ready he didn't get those reps he didn't get those snaps he got thrown into the deep end and they made him look good and you give him credit he he made the passes he he looked good and maybe he was you know people just didn't give him enough credit and he's more talented than we're giving him credit for Paul Moyer but it's <laughs> it's a situation where you've got a guy who looks like physically he's decidedly more talented if he doesn't have success here with the 49ers, then he is who he is. Well, and the other interesting one, and I, I guess the way I put it is, why why didn't I include Trey Lance in that conversation, right? I mean, if Kyle Shanahan can make Sam Darnold into a quarterback and the last pick of the draft into a quarterback, what's going on with Trey Lance? I mean, I've, I, I know he got hurt last year, but yeah. he... I haven't really seen that from him. So, I mean, that's that's the guy really that they should be able to develop because they gave up a whole bunch of draft capital to get him. And by the way, they gave up a lot for Christian McCaffrey. They've just made good moves. Yeah. I mean, John Lynch, I know in the beginning, there was a lot of people on the text toy saying, well, yeah, he's good when you have the top five, ten pick. Yeah, that's true. They got you Bosa. They got Bosa and, you know, they got – and they went and got Trent Williams, but trading away for Christian McCaffrey, that run he had in the NFC Championship game where he breaks four tackles and scores a touchdown, I mean, that was like the best run of the year. And so they've they've just done a really good job in free agency, but with the one exception, and or you know, and in developing their players is Trey Lance. Yeah, I don't. I mean, what was it? Two number ones and a two, or three number ones? I think it was, it was two. 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 Two yeah. number ones in a second round pick to move up to get Trey Lance. Right. So I mean, and he just really hasn't shown that much. So, but yeah, that one was discouraging. And you know, the other thing about it was, I don't know if I saw the McGlinchy thing first, but I was thinking, okay, good, all right, he's out of the division. And then Jalen Ramsey also traded by the Rams to the Miami Dolphins for a third round pick. By the way, yeah, not much there. I was I was surprised by that because I guess because they have to take on the salary. Yeah, I guess is probably is punitive. I, I like I like Jalen Ramsey. I've um, you know there's a, a security guy, super cool, works for the Seahawks, Dave Love, and he's friends with him. And mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, you guys are friends. So I know Dave Love, and he's solid dude, solid as can be. And he's buddies with uh, with Jalen Ramsey. I'm like, okay, well he just went up a notch. But I've always thought that he was you know nasty in the right way. You know, yeah. there's been a couple times where he's walked out of press conferences because he was frustrated, but I thought rightfully so. So, yeah, I, I was feeling pretty good. Like, okay, let's get him out of the division. Not that DK Metcalf ever shied away from, you know, a fight, but 
they battled it out pretty good. And a couple of times, you know, there was some back and forth that was going there. So I'm thinking he's out of the division. And then in comes Javon Hargrave and Hargrove, sorry. And then that's where I'm like, come on, man. Like you, I was like, how many, how many guys can you have on your defensive line? Yeah. By the way, you had it right the first time. Hargrave. Hargrave. Yeah. Sorry. Hargrave. Yeah. It, so, yeah, that, that one bummed me out because of where he landed more so. But again, would have loved him with the Seahawks. Didn't really expect it, but him landing in the division with the team. If he had gone to the Cardinals or the Rams, it would have been better. Because I, I think this is a two-team race. It's the Seahawks and the 49ers. I feel like the Rams are in the midst of their teardown. And, and reading that article, I told you I read an article last night where they were making the the plea that, hey, if you want to get this thing turned around, unfortunately, you're going to have to make three tough decisions, and that is either cutting or trading Stafford, Cup, and Donald. And just rip it down to the studs and start it over, and I don't know if that's the remedy or not. But just the idea that that's kind of what they're, you know, they let uh, um, defensive player we were talking about. Uh, Jalen Ramsey? No, 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 no. Uh, the pass Bobby, rusher. Bobby Leonard, Wagner. Leonard, uh, <laughs> Leonard, Leonard Floyd. Floyd. Floyd, thank you. Let him go. Yeah, they let Wagner go. They signed. So they're they're shedding salary. They're they're paying the price for all those moves. We kept going. How are they doing this? How are they signing this guy to an extension? This guy to an extension and doing this, and now the the bills come due, so to speak. So, well, I think it's interesting, you know. And you you had mentioned that you read an article about tearing it down in that mm-hmm. form, and that was the well. You were the guy last year, like wow, going into this game, like if you just said, hey, I can take three opponents, players off of our opponent upcoming uh away it would be and we're playing the rams yeah aaron donald stafford. matthew stafford cooper cup so i don't know why all of a sudden there's a panic to get rid of them they're too old i know two of them are over 30 stafford and, and donald but you know cup is still 29 years old but um yeah i, I don't know you just look around the division and you kind of think eh they're not looking so great. Didn't at one point, didn't McVeigh, the head coach, just say, all right, guys, go ahead and Yeah, there was coaching staff, and they lost, jobs. Some, they lost some of their coaches. Yeah, and so. he's, you know, and he's one of those good coaches that's that's lost other, you know, assistants in, in the meantime because he, he runs a, a great program and everything. But, yeah, you feel like the Rams are kind of struggling and sort of in between, you know. I mean, you're starting to wonder, like, okay, was that one Super Bowl win enough? Is that going to last you for a while? Because well, is that it worth it? There are a few ways, a few years off. Yeah, because that was the point of the article that said, hey, mission accomplished. You you yeah. did all these, you traded away all these picks, you spent all this money, and your job was to win a Super Bowl. They did it. They won a Super Bowl. So I guess it's it's more of a fan feeling like, all right, do you feel like that was worth it? You got the title, you got the parade, you're you're the champs for that year. And now you're in this salary cap hell, and you're you're trying to get rid of everybody. You were a dreadful team last year, a lot of it due to injury, but just not good. So is that? Do you look at it and go, well, yeah, it sucks right now, but that was worth it. We were the champs. I don't know, man. I, I don't. I think people are too impatient, and that you're like, okay, what what do you think going into the next three four years? Like, well, I'm going to go to the game. Yeah, they're going to suck, and they're probably going to lose. But hey, we got that Super Bowl. I mean, people want it every year. And I think the the point of it is you got a chance, you know. And I think for Seahawks fans, that was particularly exciting because everyone thought, oh, this is going to be a six-win team or a five-win team, and they get a chance to go to the playoffs. And 
I ended up getting smoked in the second half, but I mean, the excitement of that and the anticipation, like you want to be in it every year. So if you go into a season and nobody's going to say this, but you pretty much know, like most people knew going into the 92 season that the Seahawks were going to suck. Okay. <laughs> but I didn't know. All right. You and thought you were going to the Super Bowl. I thought we were every year. I thought we were going to the Super Bowl. So. Yeah, I mean, we, I was playing behind Cortez Kennedy, man. We had a, we had an awesome, awesome defense. So, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not so sure it's worth it. I think everybody's very impatient and like, okay, that's enough pain. Okay, one year is fine. But, <laughs> that's enough pain. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's get back on track here. So I'm 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 curious the path. I think with Sean McVay, you're you're always going to have a chance. But like you said earlier, Bob, I feel like they're kind of a mess. I feel like the Arizona Cardinals are really a mess, mm-hmm. particularly because of their quarterback. But then you can, you know, you got the 49ers, and as you said, it's probably going to be a two-team race in the NFC West. Now, the Seahawks have a needed defensive tackle, one of the guys we talked about really early in this whole process, and that, that fire got put out pretty quickly because the team put a franchise tag on them, and then now they worked out a long-term deal. And that is the commanders and defensive tackle, uh, Duran Payne. They signed him to a four-year, $90 million deal, $60 million of which is guaranteed. That's, that's a lot of money for an interior guy. That is well, a lot of dough. Hargrave, the same thing. You know, I mean, you're starting to see how valuable those defensive tackles are. And, you know, it's, it's funny. I've always kind of felt a little bit like you can get away with having a guy there. Mm-hmm. You know uh, that takes up space, like a, a. But when you can get a playmaker, and there's just not that many inside rushers. I mentioned Cortez Kennedy, John Randall is one. Who are some of the other like in history? Great. I'm trying to think of you know. Great. Unfortunately, Warren Sapp. Yeah, Sapp. That's that's the guy I was thinking about. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, he was really good inside. But those guys are very rare. Mm-hmm. Aaron Donald's the, the seems to be the best of the bunch. Aaron Donald, the current player. Yeah. Did we say Reggie was inside and outside? Well, right? I think he did rush inside outside. He was kind of like you know what we heard about J.J. Watt. He can line up anywhere and you can rush him and he's going to win. But um, but yeah, it's just it's interesting how there's such a premium on these players now because you know it's kind of like it used to be like offensive guard. I mean. Yeah, the center, you really value that. The two tackles, certainly. I feel like you can kind of get away with just guards that take up space. But the value for these defensive tackles now, uh, really interesting. You know, Deron Payne, with that, um, you know, his his guarantee was like, what was it, 18.9 or 17.9? per year, I'm I think sorry, he's at eight. Per year. Yeah, so. Uh, uh, yeah, what was his total? Let's the see. tag number. In other oh, the words. tag number was almost nineteen. Nineteen, and yeah. the running backs are like 10. ten. Yeah, so it's just it's crazy how. And and by the way, uh, Cody Barton signing a one year deal there. It'll be interesting to see him playing that four three behind those two guys. If he's playing the middle linebacker, which I'm hoping that's what they're thinking for him, uh, you know, playing behind those two guys, uh, you know, Payne and uh, the other guys, Jonathan Allen. Are you going to feel some level of vindication if he goes out there and lights it up? No, I just want him to have, you know, play the the best that he can. I mean, there's lots of things that he did last year that I cannot account for. The missed tackles and just not being sure and everything of, you know, I feel like he was thinking too much. But, man, those years where he did get a chance to fill in for Bobby or, you know, if KJ was out, he he really played well in those 4-3. So he's all... You know, those are four three defenses. So if he's able to get that done with the commanders, you know, like I said, Jack Del Rio's the defensive coordinator guy that I've I've known and been around for a long time. I think he's he's a great coach. So, 
Yeah, that'll be interesting with those two big tackles in front of him. Uh, those are just a, a premium this year, it seems like. When it, when it comes to those guys, does it give you any concern that they had their career year in a contract year? Because you look at, like, Deron Payne. He had 11 and a half sacks this year. His career high was in his first year. He had five. And then he went two. Then he went three. Then he went four and a half. And then he went 11 and a half. I don't know what changed. I don't know what happened. <laughs> what how do, you, how do you go from four and a half to 11 and a half in your, in your money year, so to speak? And the same with Hargrave to a little bit of a lesser extent, but it was his career high. His career high the year before was seven and a half sacks. Mm-hmm. He had 11 this year. Yeah. So both guys putting up huge numbers in a year that mattered most financially, obviously. Does that give you any are pause? You, like, oh, are they just turning it on now? Or are they, you trying to indicate to me, Bob, that they're playing for money? The uh, almighty dollar? I don't know. Was there a different motivation there for these guys? Did they, <laughs> was there a different level of intensity? I don't, I don't know. You know, I asked Luke Wilson that. Uh, uh, one time about the contract year is that is that like a big prove it year? He goes, I feel like every year is that way. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, if you're the years before that when he was only getting five or six or seven sacks, whatever the number was, um, it's like he's playing towards that that contract. And so I, I don't know. I, I think it's just that they're at their peak. That yeah. they're they're playing. I mean, Javon Hargrave's a little bit older, right? He's he's thirty. 30. Just turned thirty, and uh, Deron Payne is twenty five. He's going to be twenty six wow. in uh, May. Yeah. So I mean that that one. I'm. I mean, I'm, I'd feel much better about Deron Payne, and that was one of the reasons why. Like you and I, and on this show anyway, we were talking about number one free agent. Definitely go and try to get this guy. But yeah, it's just very interesting to me how those D tackles. I mean, they're rare just historically. I mean, you you don't get a lot of production out of those guys. And that's why, you know, I say I think that's one of those positions maybe that's been thought of in the past anyway, of just get a guy that fills space, you know. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't say Al Woods is that because Al makes plays. Al is, Al is really, he's really a battler and tough inside. And, you know, and I, I think he can actually make some plays, but mostly he's there to just, you know, kind of take up space. And he's keep, just, he's good at it, though. He's blinding. strong. He's, he's yeah. probably their most impactful interior guy since Brandon Meebane, I would say. Am I missing yeah. somebody? Yeah, I'm trying to think through. Yeah, Meebane, Meebane was really a good player. Yeah. Um, who's the guy that was a high draft choice from Texas? Back at this is like oh eight oh seven maybe anyway he, I think he was a first or second rounder and it didn't work out for him but he was an inside guy um, you know defensive lineman but yeah for the most part yeah probably since Brandon Meebane yeah I, I think that's that's probably the most disruptive that anyone's yeah. been yeah Al Woods so they need a couple more of those guys hopefully we'll we'll see what they can get done but. Uh... Yeah, they've boy. There's just the more you look at it, the more you realize. Yeah, there are a lot of spots up for grabs here, and yeah. some that aren't occupied by anybody currently, like their center. So we'll we'll see what they do. Meanwhile, can the Seahawks find a free agent center? Are they going to have to draft one? Which way do they go on that? We'll talk about that next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on Seven Ten. Wyman and Bob, powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio on Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. We're trying to figure out. We were watching the uh, reveal, the reveal last night of the brackets. Which school was it? Where the you know how they show all these kids from each school and they're they're waiting to see where they're seated and all that. There was one that they were all sitting there in leather recliners. It almost looked like a theater type seating. 
Remember what school that was? Kansas, I think. Kansas. Was it? Can- you're right. I think you're you're right. right, Mike. Yeah. You know, and I was, I was looking Looked at... Pretty we're, nice. We were talking... By the way, the guy I was trying to remember was actually earlier, 2004, Marcus Tubbs. Mm. He was a defensive lineman, played for three years, played in like 15 games in three years. He was a first-rounder, and he had like seven sacks. and In three you know, years. In three years. And there was some talk that Texas was... Some of the players were soft coming out at that time because they've gotten pampered. You yeah. know, they had like the spa instead of a weight room, massages, you know, all this stuff that that's just how they treated. And, you know, we were talking about the difference, how some of these like Farley Dickinson, which I don't know, they play in the South or Southern Conference. Was it Farley they, or Fairly? How do they say Fairly. Don't fairly. care. Like they're fairly, they're fairly <laughs> bad. The yeah, but they're, they're like in a gym. Yeah, exactly. They're in a gym sitting there. And then, you know, there were some guys that were in. I think Arizona was sitting outside like a picnic picnic tables and stuff like that. But, yeah, that one with Kansas, I'm like, yeah. somebody has a lot of money in their program. Those big recliners looked really nice. I was like, yeah. what brand is that? i got to get one of those for my house. And man. they're probably oversized to fit all these dudes that yeah. are, you know, anywhere from 6'4 on up. Yeah. So, yeah, it looks they – were, they were watching that show in, in some nice comfort there. So good for them. Uh, and some people did weigh in. You guys can text in whenever you'd like throughout the show, 866-979-3776. And we were talking about, you know, having a disruptor, an interior lineman that's disruptive. And I said, was Al Woods probably the most disruptive guy since, since Brandon Meebane? And a couple entries came in that we've forgotten about. Jaron Reed obviously was yeah. a pretty disruptive dude, left on – some shaky terms. He wasn't happy with the Seahawks offering him nine million in cash in one fell swoop, so he wanted to go somewhere else for less. Yeah, uh, and we're going to pay you that money up front. By the way, we're yeah. going to write you a check, nine million bucks. He wanted a new deal, so but he did get a Super Bowl ring, right, with the Chiefs. He did. He yeah. Did. So all right, good for him. And then somebody else brought up Sam Adams. I forgot all about Sam Adams. Those are both two good, uh, two good pulls by you guys out there. Sam Adams. I remember him being incredibly. Big. He was a large human, and he was really quick for how for how big. I think he's quick in general, but especially considering how big he was. That's a he was he was a fast dude. Three hundred and fifty pounds. Like they had to take him out to the truck scale. Probably <laughs> they have that at, down at the Seahawk. Uh, there was a kid in practice last year that they had to take out to. They have like a truck scale. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was nothing that went because I think he was over four hundred. Is that what regular scale goes up to? I think so. Or their so. scales? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was hmm. – but, yeah, Marcus Tubbs, I was just trying to remember that. That was the year, very first year that I started doing broadcasting with the Seahawks, 2004. And, yeah, there was just that that sort of, uh, you know, thing about him. But, yeah, trying to go back and find I, – I just ran into John Randall at the Mike Tice Golf Tournament last year, and we had a nice little talk. And I was like, yeah, you were like a late rounder. He's like, nope, I was a free agent. John Randall. John Randall was a free agent, you know, interior guy, was just an animal. And he was. Is he the one that would read the media guide of the opposing team to find out all the personal things about the guy he was going up against and throw it out? I I remember hearing a story, something like that, that he would somehow, whether it was media guide or whatever, just get info on the guy that was lined up across from him and use that. Well, and then he used to paint all that, you yeah. know, eyes black. <laughs> he was like a war paint. He was a crazy man. Uh, my buddy Terry Wooden, who played in the league for a long time, and then he's a scout now. He said he was when it, with he was with the Raiders, and he was standing next to one of the rookies, and the rookie was like staring at John Randall, 
you know, like, wow, look at that's John Randall. And I guess Randall turns to the kid and goes, what the bleep are you looking at? I'm the devil. <laughs> and he starts going, ah, you know, screaming at him like he that dude was and he was here for a minute. Yeah. But yeah. He, he was super fired up all the time. So but I mean, you got him, you got Cortez. I guess Reggie White played inside a little bit. You mentioned Warren Sapp. It's just, you know, those kinds of players. Maybe Duran uh, Payne will be that guy. As you mentioned, he's very young, uh, relatively. He's going to be 25 or 26 coming up here. 26, yeah. And, you know, he's he's had, what, 11 sacks. I mean, that's hard to get from the inside. Yeah, it, it, it it's still even today, it seems to be a rarity you, that you would have that kind of impact from the inside in terms of numbers. You can still have an impact, obviously, not pile up the sacks. But, yeah, putting up those kind of sack numbers, though, not not that common. Yep, so Jerron Hargrave, the big news today, uh, taken off the board as far as free agency goes. Jerron Payne was franchise tagged, so and where do you go to get these guys? Signed the long-term deal, so yeah, it's... Uh, well, and then looking last night, like I said, and we touched on this earlier in the show, if you're just joining us, just kind of going through the Seahawks roster last night, I was going, wow, I didn't realize Kyle Fuller was an unrestricted free agent. And again, not that if they don't bring him back, oh, no, what do they do? Because he was the greatest ever, but he was just a guy you're familiar with. They're familiar with him. He could Is he their answer? No. But is he a guy that you're comfortable with, you know, if you, if you need him? Yeah. And he's... Now, maybe they bring him back. Just because he's a free agent doesn't mean he doesn't come back. But technically, you look at it, and Joey Hunt is the only center on your roster. Yeah. An undersized guy who you like. You like the tenacity. You like the (laughs) go-get-him attitude. But he's not your starting center. You you have a a very, very uh, specific need right now, and it's at center. Yeah, you've got a lot of needs on the defensive side of things. But that's a pretty crucial spot that I don't want them bargain shopping on. I don't want a, just a for now guy or a piece of duct tape there. That's 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 your – if it's a guard, it's different, with all due respect to guards. I just think the guy who's no, making the calls, no, the center's no making – No due respect to guards. <laughs> Go ahead. I, think, I don't think you bargain shop with your center. I think you, you – I agree. You find your guy. Well, and when's the last time that they really truly had a Ph.D. center? It was Max Unger, right? Because – would you say Britt was that guy? Yeah, but he became Britt, that guy. Britt was a tackle. He's, First he was a guard. guard. I think he moved in, outside yeah. in, and then he became center. And he's a good center, but, you know, we talk about our, our guy Ray Roberts talking about the Ph.D. Yeah. And this John Michael Schmitz guy. We talked to Mike Grimm, who's the play-by-play guy of Minnesota football. He's the, the highest-ranked center that, you know, that we've we've seen anywhere. And – like he said, he's a he's a PhD as far as center goes. So yeah, that's one of those where I would like to see them get the right guy because really, I think since Max Unger, that's and I I don't think he was a guard center slash or anything. I think he's always been a center. That might be a, a position that you really you know want to invest in. And it's too bad. I mean, because they they drafted out of LSU uh, Ethan Posick. Yeah, and I think he was a second rounder. Second or third rounder, and the You're Cleveland right. Browns just signed him back. And that was with the with the cable era, right? Wasn't it a Tom Cable guy? Yeah, maybe. I don't I feel like he was I'm here. Not sure, cable. Not sure, but yeah, it's it's one of those uh, positions you don't really think about. And you know, we're already talking about you know, okay, they need D tackle. Uh, they need mm-hmm. another pass rusher. You need linebacker. Need linebackers. You need a guard. Maybe. I mean, maybe that's enough. Maybe Damian Lewis and. You know they can get by with what they have right now, but um, yeah, I, it would be interesting to see them make a move for a really good center. 
Yeah, yeah, they they definitely need it, and we'll see what they do to address that spot. All right, coming up, when is the biggest domino? We know who that is in the quarterback market. When is that going to fall? When is Aaron Rodgers going to make it clear what his intentions are? We'll talk about that next. It is Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710. Wyman and Bob. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Dave, we're still waiting. No words yet on what His Highness Aaron Rodgers is going to do. Oh, I thought you were talking about Odell Beckham Jr. No, we were just watching highlights of catching. him catching the ball with one hand, which is always impressive in practice. He, as you said, yeah, you'd rather not see that unless it's absolutely necessary. Well, what I said is, okay, now can you catch him with two, please? <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Make everybody feel better two. about that. Yeah, I, it would be interesting if um, if we got the Aaron Rodgers news because, man, that I'm kind of excited for that. Like, to see him in New York – we don't really care about the Jets, right? They're in the mm-hmm. AFC. I think they they played that division a couple of years ago. Last year, I think it was kind of one of those weird play-in games. Like, I think the next next year's weird game is the 17th game is Cincinnati, mm-hmm. I think. But anyway, uh, yeah, the Jets have a really good defense. But you, I don't, did you see all those tweets on NFL Network where it was like Sauce Gardner, Brees Hall. Garrett Wilson. Wilson, where they all were basically saying, yep. Here we go, you know, like they like, knew like it's something. Done. Yeah, like uh, I think one of them was now I can finally enjoy my vacay, and the other ones, uh, yeah, now I'm smiling ear to ear and blah, blah blah. Yeah, you're right. It's it's like they are treating it like it's done, and it feels like it with this much, I don't know, this much momentum. We had the tweet from Trey Trey Wingo earlier who said I'm hearing it's a done deal. It's just a matter of you know them. What do you say? A flat circle something or other i don't know, what, the hell <laughs> I don't know what that something about the universe <laughs> uh the mobius is a flat strip. circle or something yeah. yes um yeah garrett wilson <laughs> was one of them the the rookie who was rookie of the year uh, yeah. erroneously um yeah he uh he tweeted out you know something and i'm and i was thinking well get ready to get yelled at garrett because yeah. uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to come in here and kind of rule the roost and you know if he doesn't like the way you run a route you're going to hear about it but that's okay yeah, yeah, I don't it, it is amazing that he is really following the Brett Favre script though, isn't it? That he was just this legend in Green Bay and Mr. Everything, multiple MVPs and then kind of falls out of favor a bit and now we're hearing all these stories that management there would love it if he wanted to go elsewhere and they're sort of almost encouraging him to to move on and feels like maybe the fans are feeling that way too. We'll see if they feel that way if Jordan Love doesn't live up to expectations, but yeah, and he's going to the team that, that Favre went to and was not good with, by the way. Favre had a great year with the Vikings. Not so great. I think he hurt his arm when he was with the Jets, if I remember correctly. Well, he's probably because he was taking pictures of certain things. That That's, there was also that. Taking yeah. pictures of. but uh, Sending it to yeah, yeah, people he shouldn't year. be sending it to. No, well, you know, no. Yeah, never, never do that. <laughs> yeah. uh, but 22 interceptions that year. And he with had the, a year where he threw 29 he led the league in interceptions, most interceptions, three years. Well, now he played 20 years, but, you know, you mentioned gunslinger. I guess I, I'd never really thought about those numbers, but, yeah, he was. Remember he started off in Atlanta. We played, yeah, that's right. we yeah. played Atlanta in 91, and I remember him on the sidelines, and I almost I, I jumped a route, and 
I can't remember who the quarterback was. And the quarterback ended up not throwing it. And I remember Brett Favre yelling at me like, yeah, 92, you thought you were going to get that one, didn't you? And I was like, who's that guy, the third-string quarterback over there? <laughs> who's this idiot? But yeah, I was like, I'd heard about him, and he had this amazing you know, college career. And so it ended up not working. Somehow Green Bay got him and – but, you know, again, you know, I always say this, you go back and look at the numbers for quarterbacks back, especially when it goes back 70s, 80s, 90s. But even even for, like, the, the era that he played, that's a lot of interceptions, man. I mean, a lot. What's crazy is the very next year he goes to Minnesota. So he played one year with the Jets, goes to Minnesota the next year, throws 33 touchdowns, 4,200 yards, just seven picks. How about that? <laughs> he was re- That's and pretty completed amazing. almost 69% of his passes. I mean, it was a complete outlier. He's got a career 62 point, 62% completion percentage. That year, yeah. 68.4% and 4,200 yards and 33 and 7. That that was in, in uh, Minnesota, Minnesota, his first year in yeah, Minnesota. and everybody in Green Bay, of course, hated him for that. But, I mean, I think Aaron Rodgers is like the, the opposite of that as far as the interceptions go. I mean, he had the one year where he had two. two. That I mean, was the year they said he was... They felt like he was starting to decline because I think his completion percentage went down that year. Yeah, sixty-two percent. But he threw for forty-four hundred yards in two so, picks. Yeah, I mean, and then you know, it looks you look at his. He's got single. He goes six. Okay, so starting in two thousand eleven, six interceptions, then eight, then six the next year, five, eight, seven, six. I mean, single digit. Last year was kind of weird uh, because he had twelve. Is that his career high? 12 interceptions is, well, he had 13 his first year starting. But still, I mean, only three times that he's been the starting quarterback that he's had double-digit uh, picks, and it's 11, 12, and 13. All the rest, you know, and so that's incredibly impressive. And I think, you know, if you get him there, Garrett Wilson, maybe get that Brees Hall kid going on the in the running game. They've got a really good defense the Jets could be really, really good all of a sudden. Yeah. Hey, but just by way of comparison, I'm just looking at Favre's numbers here. He only had two seasons in his entire career where he didn't have double-digit interceptions. <laughs> and one of them was the year I just told you about. His right. second to the last year in the end in his career, he had seven interceptions. And the first was his time in Atlanta where he played in uh, two games. Played now, in two games and threw two interceptions and no touchdowns. Now, he was coached by Holmgren, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, because yeah, I just I remember seeing Holmgren like shaking his head and his face really red because of Brett Favre out there just slinging it all kinds of different ways. Double man. digit was... picks every season except for two, and one of them he only played two games. <laughs> we amazing. played there. We played there in '93, and I'll never forget. Guy tried to cut me. I dove over the top of him. And I landed on the ground, and I remember, like, with like a foot away from me was Brett Favre's shoe. And I'm thinking, if I could just get it. And he took off and ran for a touchdown. But I was, like, right there, and I was like, this kid is, like, magical. Yeah. He, he really was. He was fun man. to watch. He was fun to watch. I could see how he'd be frustrating. I mean, that's a lot of picks, but he had a lot of years where he, you know, threw 38 touchdowns, 39, 35, 32, you know, so he – you know, his career, he finished with 508 touchdowns, 336 picks. And he was in the movie There's Something About Mary. Which is clearly the highlight. Brett Favre. 
I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. Um, <laughs> what do you think about his acting job there, by the way? Yeah, it was okay. It was all it was, right. It was all right for that. Yeah. You know, the rest of the time he just kind of stood there and looked around. But yeah, he did. but uh, yeah, the the fact that Aaron Rodgers is now you know just a longtime Green Bay Packers Super Bowl winner, multiple MVPs, and going to the Jets potentially is still not official. I'm just this is like waiting for the MLB to announce their top ten. You know, MLB Network, right, Mike? Yeah. We're waiting for. Come on. Come on, give us some love here. Aaron so, Rodgers. What are you more interested in, this or the, the Cal Raleigh to see if he made the list? Cause, uh, so how does Aaron Rodgers affect you right now? I mean, if you find out tomorrow. I just think it's very interesting. Thing. Well, and he's the one who's kind of gone out of his way to say, I'm not going to drag it out and it's not going to be long. And Yeah, right. Yeah, he's dragging it out and it's taken yeah. a long time. What was the attention? By the way, it looks like uh, defensive end Zach Allen signs a three-year $45.75 million deal to go to the Broncos. Yeah, another reason why the Arizona Cardinals might have a rough year. He's a good defensive end. Well, he's a guy you pointed out. You liked him as yeah. a potential for here in Seattle. Well, they didn't like him apparently, the Seahawks. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's that's another one off the list. I thought he was a good one. 32 you know? and a half guaranteed. Wow. Yeah, well, we got to get over the sticker shock. This happens every year, right? It does. It does. But these defensive linemen D tackles, it's just a, it's just amazing the the premium that they're getting right now. Goodness gracious. All right. Well, we'll we'll see what happens with Brett Favre. Meanwhile, we'll talk more about what's happening around the NFL and more specifically with the Seahawks. Bob Condota of the Seattle Times will join us next here with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on seven ten.